online? Is that happening today? No, it's not happening today. Um, I came across this book at home and I thought I'd share a few quotes from children to you. So, Colin A7 says, My mother says she's cold and then she makes me put on a coat. Penny, age seven, women do the washing up and cleaning and tidying, and men go on the train and get tired. Um, Vickers don't laugh much. I think it's because Jesus didn't tell many jokes. Old ladies aren't really old ladies. They're just people wearing old clothes. When you marry a girl, you have to give her a best man. <laughs> and sometimes children know lots of things. Sometimes they don't know lots of things. And sometimes they think they know, and actually they get it wrong. So baby Jesus was born with a yellow hat on, and three kings came to ask her hand in marriage. So we heard a story earlier from the Bible about Joseph. When I was a child, we went to church every week, and I learned all the Bible stories. I learned about Noah and Jonah, Daniel and the lions, David and Goliath, Joseph and his coat of many colors, Jesus feeding 5,000 people and turning water into wine. Now, I wonder what your favorite Bible story is. But, you know, the problem was that I heard all these stories and I thought that's all they were, stories. It was many years later when I realized that God was actually real and that these were stories about real people and these things really happened. I also realized that God was interested in me, that he actually loves me. And that changed the way I thought about life. I wanted to live for God. I was going to quite a big church at this time, and we had a bookstall at the back of the church, and people could go and buy books at the end of the service to teach them more about living as a Christian. And one day, the man who was in charge of this bookstall said he was leaving the church, and would I take over the responsibility of running the church bookstall? And I agreed. And I used to display these books at the back of the church every week, and I would stand by my display of books, and people would walk past me, and they would smile. And hardly anyone bought any books. There were just two or three people who would regularly buy a book. And then every month, I would choose a book of the month, and I would stand at the front of the church, and I would hold it up, and I would tell everybody how good it was. And I might sell four books that month. Do you know what? I wasn't very good at selling books. In fact, I struggled on for two years, hardly selling a single book. And I decided this really isn't the role for me. And so I started to look around for someone else who could do a better job than I was. But the problem was the manager of one of the Christian bookshops where I used to buy the books for the church asked me to go to a meeting that he was holding for church bookstore managers. And being the polite person that I was, I said, yes, of course I'll come, but I had no intention of going. The trouble was, on the night, well, two nights before the meeting, he phoned me up and asked me to give someone else a lift. So I had to go. And incredible, 
on the night I turned up at this guy's house, he said, I've decided not to go. So I could have turned around and gone home, but as I'd started, I continued to the event at the bookshop. There were quite a lot of people there, actually, that night, and the special guest speaker was a man called Bob, <coughs> excuse me, Bob Hicks, who was the publishing director of Scripture Union. He was enthusiastic and passionate about books, and he introduced us to two new books. And I have them here. Two new books in a series that was going to cover the whole Bible of Bible stories written and published by them, a Christian publisher. But, you know, they knew that as a Christian publisher, only a few people, well, maybe just a tiny percentage of the population would buy those books. So they approached Ladybird, the biggest name in children's books, and they said, would you be prepared to put your name on the front? And Ladybird looked at the books and said, yeah, these are good quality books. We're prepared to give our name to them. So they got them into all the bookshops around the country. And he said, aren't they fantastic? And he showed us some of the pictures. He said, these are books that are written by Christians that are going to be distributed around the country. Beautiful illustrations with the Bible stories told afresh. And he said, I expect you're thinking you might buy two or three to put on your church bookstall. And I thought, how did he know? That's exactly what I'm going to do. And he said, but that's not good enough, is it? He said that at the time, in the 1970s, <coughs> excuse me, could someone get me a glass of water? <coughs> I usually bring one up and then I don't cough, but because I haven't, I'm going to cough. Um, he said that at that time, about 3% of the population regularly went to church. And of those 3% who go to church, about 3% would regularly buy a Christian book. And I thought, he's about right there. Thank you. Um, my experience, church of about 100 people, about three people regularly bought books. He said, that's not good enough, is it? These books are so good. Yes, they're aimed at children, but who's going to read them to the children? Their parents. Adults are going to be reading and understanding the Bible for the first time in their lives. So don't put two or three on your church bookstall. Buy enough to give one to everyone in your church. And the person sitting next to me said, yeah, and who does he think is going to pay for them? But I went away from that meeting excited. I, I just couldn't get it out of my mind. We had our Harvest Festival service coming just two weeks later. And I thought, wouldn't it be fantastic if the children come forward at the end of church with their baskets of fruit and their tins of baked beans and we give them a book? I mean, it just never happens, does it? It would be so exciting. But then, is that what God really wants? I mean, I didn't have the money. I needed about 200 pounds. And I reckon in today's money, to buy books of this quality, it would have probably been 1,000 pounds. I could probably ask around and people would probably give me the money. But does that prove it's what God wants to do with the money? I mean, you know, there's people starving in Africa. 
we heard last week about the pastors in Mbeya and their needs. We, we heard about uh, the BMS workers in Afghanistan. You know, does God really want us to spend money on books? So I decided I wouldn't tell anyone. I said, if you want me to give those books away, God, you'll have to give me the money. But I did tell one of the youth leaders, I knew he didn't have any money, and I asked him to pray with me about it. And he said that if I was going to turn up in church in two weeks' time with 200 or more books, I ought to tell the vicar. So I called the vicar, and he said he could see me on the Thursday, three days before we were going to give these books away. So I was extremely embarrassed when I turned up at his house three days before planning to give away books that I hadn't got because no money had come. And I told him what I was planning and he said, oh, I think it's a fantastic idea. Let's pray about it. But I'd like my wife to pray with us as well. So he went out of the room. And while he was out of the room, I heard the doorbell ring and some talk on the doorstep. And then this excited voice saying, so Andrew's got his money then. We hadn't even prayed yet. The vicar and his wife and the church curate came into the room. The curate was holding a check that he'd just received. It had come from an American who'd visited our church earlier in the year and felt God was calling him to send us some money for a specific project. And the vicar said, clearly, God has sent this money for those books. So I phoned Bob Hicks at Scripture Union head office in London and he was obviously overwhelmed and excited about the way I'd taken up his challenge and that the money had appeared from apparently nowhere. And he said, well, so when do you need these books? I said, well, this Sunday. Well, that's going to be a problem, he said. We don't have that many copies in London. They'd have to come from our warehouse in Bristol. And in those days, there was no next-day delivery service for anything. So he had to arrange for the books to be put on a train and I had to go to Paddington the next morning to pick them up. On the Sunday morning after the fruit and veg and tins of whatever had been collected at the front of church, I stood at the front of the church and I held these books up and I explained them to everybody and I said, I wonder who'd like to buy a copy? And I said, only about 3% of you will buy these. So I'm going to give one to every one of you. I'm not today, by the way. <laughs> um, and I said, and I've been told only 3% of you would normally read these books. I want 200% of you to read them. I want you to read it and then give it away to someone else. Afterwards, I heard some great feedback. People said how they found it so difficult to think about who to give the books to and they wanted to give it to the right person. And some families had five or six books to give away. One mum said she'd given it to the children's school. And so hundreds of children could read those books and their parents. Someone told me she heard two women waiting for their children after school, discussing the creation and the fall. They'd both been reading it to their children. And I learned some important things. One was that God clearly did think that Christian books were important. And who knows who might now be involved in famine relief or other mission work, thanks to a book. And secondly, I discovered that God, God could even use little old me to spread the value of Christian books. And I actually spent more than 40 years doing that as my full-time job. But that's another story for another day.
So I told one of my daughters I was going to tell you this today. And she, ever, ever practical, said, so what are they going to learn from your story? How should they respond? Well, at the time, I, oh, actually, I wanted to show you the picture. These are some of the children I gave the book to that morning. And so I, I wrote my little article about it, and I sent it to the magazine, and that's the picture they put on the front of the magazine. And at the end of my article, I wrote something which... I think is the answer to my daughter's question. Because I said, as I see what God has done, I realize he doesn't only work in the Brother Andrews and Corrie Ten Booms. And if you don't know who those are, you better ask somebody afterwards. But he even works in me and even in you. Look around you. How does God want to use you? Is he waiting for you to say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Thank you.